Welcome back to the Our View podcast. This episode is part of our Mental Health Monday series. These episodes will highlight topics related to mental health. The episodes will sometimes share the stories of those who have been medically diagnosed with mental health disorders, and other episodes in the series will share interviews with mental health professionals who will provide an overview of the different types of mental health diagnoses and their treatment options. These episodes are intended to be informational and educational only. It is not medical advice, and any information within these episodes is not intended to diagnose. We encourage you to always seek the guidance of your medical physician or clinician for any decisions regarding your medical needs and conditions. another episode of the Our View podcast. On today's episode, this is uh, another part of our Mental Health Monday series, and I am honored to welcome my guest, my friend, Dr. Nicole Coomey to the podcast today. So thank you so much for joining us today, Nicole. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. So our... um, uh, we, we met uh, a while ago, years ago. <laughs> I can't believe how long ago that I was. Know. I don't even uh, want to say it. Right. We, <laughs> we were in a PhD program together uh, with Capella University. Uh, as I mentioned, Nicole finished her program. I did not. And uh, <laughs> not yet. So, yes, not yet. Not yet. That's a good point. So mm-hmm. I um, have called in one of the professionals to discuss <laughs> another um, topic related to mental health. And uh, the topic of discussion today is going to be postpartum depression. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to address this uh, specific topic uh, for a few reasons. One, because as those who have listened to my podcast, they know I have a physical disability. And um, one of the misconceptions I think about people who have physical disabilities is that they don't have children or they can't have children. And that is, um, true in some cases, and in a lot of cases, um, it's also not true. So people with disabilities, physical disabilities can have children and uh, postpartum depression is something that impacts a, uh, a large number of women who have uh, children. So I wanted to uh, address this topic and I also chose you as my special guest because you have written a book on this topic. <laughs> so I thought that it would be a uh, great, uh, no better person uh, to have on uh, the podcast today than you to talk about this. So um, if you could, could you give us um, uh, just a brief background about who you are and what you do and uh, some, of, uh, some of your story? <laughs> sure, absolutely. Um, so I'm Nicole Comey. I am a multiple hat wearer. Um, as I like to say, I'm a wife. I'm a mother to two beautiful young children with, you know, without them present, I wouldn't have the story to actually tell, ironically. Um, I'm a business owner. I am a mental health professional. I am a huge advocate for uh, women and postpartum care, better kind of care. Um, I'm a fitness motivator. Um, I specialize in wellness and accountability. 
I'm very involved in physical activity and utilizing that for coping skills. Um, I do work at a nonprofit organization as well in Maryland, and I run our training program for internal onboarding of individuals and externally, we teach a lot of mental health courses to individual organizations, um, behavioral health care, and now with COVID, we're actually finding schools and police officers and individuals that are coming in contact with people with mental health illnesses that don't necessarily know how to interact with them. Um, so I've been in the behavioral health care field about 15 years. I started off ironically in the juvenile justice world and anybody that has started there and survived, you know, congratulations, it's a, it's a tough world to be in. Um, I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in criminal justice and criminology and have always kind of worked with the adjudicated youth population that have had substance use challenges as well as mental illness. And roughly seven, eight years ago, I entered into the adult population and working with adults with severe and persistent mental illness. And not until maybe about four years ago, I got really involved in education and advocacy around mental illness um, for populations. And being a, an educator in this field and a certified trainer in mental health first aid, which is a, a national program um, that teaches individuals what to signs and symptoms to recognize in people that have mental health challenges and how to help them, whether they're your family members, peers, coworkers, children. So with in that kind of uh, scope, I really it opened my eyes to the fact that mental illness was real and kind of something you alluded to, people see a physical disability, right? They see somebody in a wheelchair, they see somebody with a cast on their arm and there's like an automatic sentiment of, oh, you know, like I can see it, so it's real. And a lot of the challenge with mental illness is people don't see it, so it's not real. It's hard right. to digest that, right? right? So a lot of my work has been around bringing that to the forefront, that just because it's not something you can see doesn't mean it's not real. It exists and it impacts one in four adults in the United States population. So I often say before COVID, look around the room at all the people sitting at your table. There's 20 of you there. There's a chance that five people have either been diagnosed or experienced some symptoms of a mental health disorder. Right. Um, so, you know, a lot of that was, was very real to me and, and kind of opened my eyes like, wow, you know, I never took mental health as seriously as I, I should have. And it wasn't until I actually experienced my own challenges with postpartum depression that I felt so strongly about continuing this advocacy and this education around mental health challenges and that they do not discriminate. They happen to everybody. Yeah. And that's, um, that's why I wanted to start this specific series of Mental Health Monday episodes, because I always tell people, you can see me coming. You know, you can see me with my crutches. You see me in my wheelchair. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, the invisible disabilities that exist, the mental health diagnoses that you don't know about, that you're not aware of uh, by looking at a person, uh, they, I, I think it's important that we bring attention to, to that as well, mm -hmm. along with the physical disabilities uh, that exist. So again, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, talk with us today and to share your story. Absolutely. And uh, to just get into postpartum depression, can you um, tell us uh, what, what it actually is, how it's diagnosed, the symptoms and uh, treatment that, uh, that is available for uh, postpartum depression? Sure. 
Um, so clinically uh, diagnosed in the, the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, it is depression that is experienced, what they classify it as is one to four months after giving birth to a child. And there's a lot of debate out about that. Um, a lot of clinicians, a lot of physicians have, have altered that and said that it is actually any depression that is experienced one to 18 months post delivery of a child. Um, as a lot of women may have experienced, you know, there's a transition phase and, the, and those first couple of months are really hard and your emotions are all over the place. So it's hard to identify if what you're experiencing is truly depression associated to the birth of this child, or if it's just the hormones and, and life trying to realign and readjust. So I like the extended period. And, and I think that that is very important because for me, um, my symptoms didn't really start until about eight months postpartum and had the clinician that I saw gone by the, the DSM, she may have just said, I'm, I'm just suffering from depression or I'm just, you know, having some other, some other things going on associated with my symptoms. But I was diagnosed with postpartum depression at that eight month period. And the symptoms associated with, you know, it was extreme sadness. Um, it was a sense of a loss of hope for things. Um, I did experience some anxiety, which people often, you know, say, well, wouldn't that be an anxiety disorder? It, it actually is a symptom of postpartum depression. It is not debilitating anxiety uh, necessarily, but some people do experience the postpartum anxiety um, that comes along with the same thing anywhere from one to 18 months post-delivery. And the treatment that is available is very slim should I say? And, and I say that to acknowledge the fact that a lot of women don't talk about it. We don't say that we've suffered from postpartum depression. We may later say that we're just down and depressed or we're a little anxious about things. There's still a stigma associated with raising your hand and saying, I have postpartum depression. There's a sense of I'm weak, I'll be judged. So as far as the treatment goes, there's, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of specialized treatment for women with postpartum depression. Um, there's of course medication available and I chose not to go that route. I know myself and I know what I needed and I needed to talk through this and I needed to process what was happening. Having a child is a, is a huge life change and mm -hmm. sometimes you're prepared for it, sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're prepared and it knocks you down. Um, and that's essentially what happened to me. I, I had the supports and I, I had resources and, and, you know, I have a terminal degree in the behavioral health field. And there I found myself on the bathroom floor one day, just thinking this can't possibly be my life. But mm -hmm. I knew that this wasn't okay. And I knew that I needed to get help. So I, I found the resources. Um, you know, Google is a, a fantastic thing. And psychology today is, is a wonderful resource. Um, and something that I used to find a clinician that specialized in postpartum depression and took my insurance, because that's your other caveat with a lot of these treatments. Um, right. Your insurance has to cover it. Yeah, and, that's a tough part to find yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and if you don't, and if you find somebody that you don't necessarily connect with, that's hard too. So the treatments that I found to be the most effective was, was talk therapy. I kind of went through a CBT, a cognitive behavioral therapy approach understanding that, you know, a lot of my own thoughts were 
causing these feelings. We're causing these emotions in my behaviors. And I needed to learn how to filter my thoughts and change the way I was looking at things and thinking about things. Um, and then there were some days that were just hard that I just didn't feel like changing my thoughts. I just wanted to think that things were bad and that I wanted to feel really crappy some days. And, and I just did. Um, but I think through that process, I, I learned that having a child made me feel like I lost a sense of myself that I would never get back. And, and it's true. And any woman that has had children can probably agree with that. And sometimes we have to find something new to fill that sense of loss. And that's where I threw myself into kind of health and fitness, mm -hmm. getting myself better, devoting some time to myself every day that didn't involve feeding, changing, burping, um, you know, carrying a child, it still had something to do with me as an individual, me before the baby, me before all of this kind of set in for me. Right. Yeah. And um, I, I follow you, of course, on uh, Instagram and, and uh, Facebook. And so I see your, your workout videos. And that's great that, yeah. um, you know, it's great that you found that is something that has helped you. And as you said, uh, to find something new, to find something different outside of, uh, your new role of being a mother, yes. uh, that still kept you, uh, who you are and, uh, you know, finding that, uh, certain things that work for you of the, uh, the talk therapy and the, mm -hmm. um, the health and, and fitness and the workouts and things were something that really, uh, benefited you and, and helped you. So that's great. Um, really glad that you uh, mentioned that. So, yeah. um, yeah. So, uh, as I mentioned before, you, um, you wrote a book about your experience uh, with postpartum yes. depression. Can you tell us about uh, how that came to be and uh, your your purpose uh, for writing the book? And sure. uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Thank you. Sure, yeah. So the book is called Postpartum, My Language. Um, <clears throat> anybody that knows me knows I, I enjoy a colorful vocabulary. And I think that after having a child, you know, I had to, I had to learn a couple different words and, you know, ways to... <laughs> ways to classify things. Um, but I, you know, it, it's so interesting. Um, it actually started as a journal, right? I was journaling some of the thoughts I was having. My, my delivery, my first child, the delivery was like something out of a, a book itself. Like I just never imagined it would have gone down the way it did. And I, I remember thinking to myself, like, I got to journal this, like, this is just funny to share one day and maybe my daughter will grow up and, you know, have a similar experience. Say, oh, mom, and we can talk about it. But I was having a lot of really icky feelings during that time too. And as a behavioral health professional, I tell people journal. Sometimes it's good to get things out of your head onto paper and, and kind of release it. And my goal was to journal all these feelings and experiences. And then one day when I felt a lot better, take it outside, set it on fire, shred it, do what I needed to do to kind of, you know, release myself from it. Yeah. Um, but as I read through it one day, I was like, my God, this is like following like a, a story. And when I finally came clean and I, and I say finally came clean, I didn't share with anybody what I was going through. I, people didn't know that I was in therapy. Um, it was just my husband that knew, and he didn't know until two days before my first appointment. I wore a really pretty mask during that postpartum period. And I kept a lot of stuff hidden and a big secret. And when I was doing that, I thought to myself, like, I'm not the only woman that does this. 
I'm not the only woman that puts her makeup on, walks out the door and acts like she's fine and is dying inside. So why do we do this? Because we don't talk about it. We don't acknowledge it. And I would tell people later, like, this is what I was going through. And they're like, oh my God, I went through that too. And I'm like, well, it would have been helpful to know like that I wasn't this, you know, sole person on an island somewhere feeling so isolated. So I took those journal entries and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put a book together about this because some of it was a funny story. Some of it had a lot of love behind of it. Some of it was very dark, but it was very real. And mm -hmm. I knew that somebody out there was going to need this story to survive, to laugh, to realize that they weren't by themselves on that island that I thought I had founded, that people do recover from this and that it is situational and that you can get help. Um, and there's a lot of misconceptions about postpartum depression. And I, and I tried to put some of those in there and let people know that like, you know, I, I wasn't just this walking woman that hated my child. I loved my child more than anything. She's what kept me going. She's what kept me alive. Um, so there was, there was a, a whole thing out there that I just felt like nobody touches, nobody talks about it. So you know what? Sometimes we're used as vessels to help other people. And kind of like you and I talked about before, you just never know who's going to hear your story or run into or bump into or pick this up in an airport and send it to a friend that's experiencing some stuff, you know? And I think with mental illness, we, we don't talk about it. We're so afraid. Um, so if you're so afraid, then it's easy to pass on a book. Right. Right. Hey, I don't know how to help you, but read this. I heard a podcast. I ran into this woman. I read her story. You know, I, I think you might like it. Um, and then I was utilized as a resource. Lots of people picked up this book and emailed me and they were people I knew, people I didn't know. And I've, I've been happy to help in any capacity that I can. And that was really, that wasn't a goal of writing the book, but it has been a, a wonderful kind of sidestep to it all to realize that I still can help people um, all across the country that might be going through some things and just needing a little bit of direction. Right. <clears throat> and I, I, it's so funny, right before we started recording this, I was um, looking at something, uh, a, a clip from The View and one of their um, co-hosts, uh, she wrote a book and she said something to the effect of, if there's, um, if there's a book that you feel like you need, but you haven't seen it yet, then you should write it. So it's, you know, it's really like, it seems like that's exactly what you did. Yeah. You were looking for things that applied yeah. to you and for you in your situation of going through the uh, postpartum depression and you couldn't find it. And so you said, okay, well, I'll, I'll write it. I'll write <laughs> and, it, right. right. <laughs> and in the process of that, and as you said, it, it may not have been an original goal, but just to um, see the impact that you have, uh, that your words have had on other people and the connections you've been able to make uh, just so people, as you said, so people don't feel like they're the only ones out here uh, experiencing this. And that's what we often uh, find even, um, even with, I, I've been talking recently with a lot of uh, people who are newly, uh, have, have acquired disabilities more recently in life. And, uh, you know, I technically, I've been at this disability thing for 40 years this year, I'll yeah. be 40 in November. 
you know, so I, I can remember being younger and thinking like, oh, I'm the only one that experiences right. this kind of stuff and these feelings and not being able to do things. And so I'm talking with these people more recently uh, in the last few weeks. And I'm just like, trust me, like it, you're new to this. Like you're, you're yeah, allowed to right. have those days. You're allowed to yeah. have those days, let them happen. And guess yeah. what? They'll still keep coming. Exactly. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, exactly. unfortunately they'll still keep coming, but the fact that you get through them, you know, that when they come again, you'll get through them again. So yeah. just, um, I, I think the, the sense of community and not, um, and, and being able to realize that we're not out here fighting these things alone and, and living with these things alone is uh, very helpful and very beneficial uh, to everybody. Yeah, it helps to normalize it, right? right? Because it's like when people think about mental illness uh, immediately, you know, you think about, and I, and I hate this term, like crazy people or deranged people. And it's like, right. God, we are so not there anymore. But, right. you know, just like half of the world still you know, thinks certain ways and whether it's how you were raised, where you're located, it's your lack of knowledge and your lack of exposure to things. And I remember teaching a training and, you know, people were like in there and postpartum depression came up. And and I said, you know, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and just kind of continued to do my thing. And at the end, somebody came up to me and she was just like, oh my God, like you, you gave me so much hope because like, you know, to know that somebody like you and I, and like that phrase always sticks with me. And, and another interview I had, I, I laughed and the girl um, who interviewed me, we grew up together in the same town. And I said, I'm just like a, a simple chick from a simple city. Like I'm, I'm not somebody, um, but to her, I was, you know, I was this behavioral health professional. I have a PhD. I'm an author. Like, so she was like, wow, somebody like you. And I never thought about it like that. Right. Like when it happened to me, it was just like, I think the initial thing was like, seriously, God, like, <laughs> I, like, I can't deal with this, but apparently I could. And there was a purpose for me to deal with it so that I could help other people deal with it. Right. And I just want to be, you know, a conversation at the dinner table. I don't, I don't want to be the conversation, but I want somebody to turn to her husband and say, I'm suffering mm-hmm. and have the faith and the strength to do that because she read my book and realized there's hope there's a possibility to come through this. Yeah, definitely. For sure. It's, um, it's, it's also true. Everything of of what you just said and, you know, it's just to you, you weren't just, uh, somebody like you, you were just you, (laughs) just me. (laughs) Yeah. We're just you living with something and, and And, trying to figure it out, figure out what it meant. Um, so could you, um, could you restate the title of your book and let everybody know where they can purchase your book? Sure. It's called Postpartum My Language, and it's available on Amazon um, through paperback and Kindle formats. Great. Thank you. Sure. And um, in your description of your book, you said that you uh, go through some misconceptions and uh, some things that people uh, don't quite understand about postpartum depression. Could you share uh, just one or two things that you feel that people most often misunderstand about uh, postpartum depression? Sure. Um, and, I, and I like that question because I think that um, one that I alluded to was that postpartum depression means that, you know, you hate your child and that you're going to harm your baby. And I'll tell you from my own experience and from women that I have communicated with, um, that's actually the furthest thing from our minds. Um, I never, ever thought about hurting my child. And, and I actually never thought about taking my life. 
I, I had a day where I just thought to myself, like, maybe it would be better if I wasn't here. And like, as that thought came in, it was so quickly, like, oh my God, like this, that was the day of like, oh, we have to do something like this is, this is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, we also fear talking openly about it to practitioners because we don't feel like they're equipped with the ability to help us. Um, like I said, there's this kind of this, this thought behind it that if I, you know, I go into the pediatrician's office, this is what happens now. Right. And now just having my son, I'm going through the same thing again, and it's like triggering me, but they, they give you this computer screen and they turn it to you and they say, here, take this assessment. And it's all these questions about, you know, it's a, it's an assessment for postpartum. Mm -hmm. And I kind of laugh and like, now my husband knows, right. And he looks at me like, better answer that you know, truthfully. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, I admit that I lied on every one of those with my first child, because if I answered those truthfully, the wonderful young nurse that was standing there, I don't think she was ready to deal with what I had for her. Right. And my biggest fear was they were going to take my daughter. And mm-hmm. then what? Like, you think I'm upset now, or I'm sad now, or I'm experiencing depression now. Now you take my child from me. And then what, what's next for me? So there's no open dialogue with your, with your physician about if you're experiencing postpartum depression, this is what will happen. This is the treatment course. This is, there's nothing. So when you were left to imagine it, you imagine the worst. Right. So there was no way in hell I was saying five, 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 and scoring off the charts for that. Cause I just pictured them taking my daughter into another room and escorting me out and, and, you know, eeping me, 302ing me, whatever it is in your state. Um, that's what, mm-hmm. what I, what I saw happening and I'm a behavioral health professional and that's what I thought. So the reason we don't come forward isn't because, you know, we're, we're ashamed for most of it. There's a, there's a level of shame, but there's also a level of concern of how am I going to be perceived? Are people going to try to take my kid from me? And that wasn't really the goal. Um, and I'm not going to be sad and depressed forever. I'm just going through something right now. So the best thing you can do is ask me how I'm doing and how you can help. But I say this to the women too. Sometimes our depression, and this is for everybody really, um, manifests as a physical illness. A lot of women have told me like, I I don't think I was really depressed, but like I couldn't get out of bed or my back hurt. I had migraines. I was this, I wasn't eating. Those are all physical manifestations of something else going on. And mm-hmm. I write about that in the book because I was seeing the chiropractor on a weekly basis. And he was somebody I had seen frequent. I've, you know, visited him for five plus years. And he finally said to me one day, like, what's going on? And I said, oh, I don't know. I'm just all like messed up in my neck and my back. And he kind of t- turned and faced me and he was like, what's really going on? And wow. that was the moment of clarity for, I mean, the waterworks came down and I, I was just like, I don't even know what's wrong. And, I, you know, we just both kind of looked at each other and he knows me. And he just said, I think we both know that you need to do something about this that doesn't involve me. And, wow, you know, yeah, I had gone back to him and I still see him now, you know, and we joke and he, he checks in differently now, you know, three months postpartum. And he's like, what's going on? How are you doing? How are you feeling? How are things? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows the questions to ask. Um, but I've, I, I went back to him and thanked him um, for just helping when he didn't even know he was helping. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the great things that you mentioned there is 
you know, with your profession of, of being in the behavioral health world and the mental health uh, professional world, and you not even knowing what the course of treatment is for, um, you know, for postpartum depression and that, that it wasn't a discussion that was had, that says a whole lot about how far it still, things still need to go because yeah. it, it does happen, uh, you know, a, a lot of women experience this and just, and also what you just said too, of it um, manifesting in, in different ways and showing up in different ways where it, it may not be the, you know, the sadness and, and mm-hmm. laying in bed every day, but it might be, you know, everything just hurts on your body and, and just, right. um, just to, and to recognize, performance, yeah. you know, like not going to work or marital discord, you know, those things are also bringing to a light that something else is going on. Right. Yeah. That's really, yeah. And it's really hard to, uh, I think as, as human beings, we're just, uh, you know, we're programmed, I guess, to believe that like, oh, my back hurts. It's because my back hurts. Um, (laughs) I slept funny. I lifted the baby a different way. You know, that was my thing. I'm like, oh, it was probably from nursing. It was from this. It was, and it was like, my body was screaming to me, like help me. Um, and I, I, I was doing a lot of this. I was shoving a lot down, um, because I, I knew what I was feeling wasn't good, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of like, you know, when you get, when you get a cold and you're praying, it's not the flu and you're just right. like feeding it, whatever you can and trying to, you know, I'm just going to sweat yeah. it out for a week. Um, right. and then a week turned into two, turned into a month. And it's like, we got to do something here. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. And it, it really, um, I, I just really appreciate your openness about uh, the topic and uh, sharing all of this uh, great and helpful information just because it, it does give a, uh, a fresh and a real life perspective yeah. on, on the situation and the diagnosis itself and just, um, just, just how people can uh, possibly recognize some, some different things. And, um, you know, so, so I really appreciate you uh, sharing your your time and your story with us today. Of course, so, thank you. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, I I just I really appreciate everything uh, that you shared. And uh, if there's anything else you would like to share, you know, just uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's just you know I love that you're doing the the mental health Mondays. I just you know it's it's I'm passionate about taking care of yourself, and I think with COVID. Um, I mean, we, we've all been forced into this new world and this virtual world, which removes kind of the human entity from us and the isolation. So I just want people to pay attention to your bodies screaming at you and telling you things, you know, make sure that you're, you are taking care of yourself and, and to the women that are listening that might be pregnant right now, or may have just delivered a baby, um, you're superheroes because Mm -hmm. it's hard enough to experience childbirth as it is, um, but coming from somebody who delivered a baby during the pandemic, um, it's, it's a nightmare. It's, it's a nightmare. Your supports are removed. Your, your village doesn't really exist anymore. Um, but pay attention to who those people are that can help you. And, you know, there are resources. And, and I've always said to people, I get emails from people that are like, I don't know you. I don't know if you can even help me. Um, and I'll tell you, if I can't help you, I will find somebody that can. And I think that that's the most important thing. Sometimes people just need to know that somebody can help them. And these days we're just a click away from 
a new life, a new perspective on things and feeling better overall. And that's really the goal. Staying healthy, staying, you know, eat healthy, keep your mind right and and give yourself grace too. There's going to be a lot of hard days. And like you said, Art, like, you know, it's like, yeah, I've been at this for 40 years. I've been dealing with it. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. And that's the same thing with mental health. It's, you're not always going to have those bad days. You're going to have lots of really, really, really good days. And you're going to have some tough days and you're, you're going to be okay. You'll come through. Yeah, that's so good and such a great way to end this episode. So once again, thank you so much uh, for your time. I appreciate you and um, I will uh, be looking forward to all of the great things that you have coming up. And uh, (laughs) I know there's more, I know there's more. (laughs) And so- uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so I am excited and uh, I appreciate you and, and thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Our View podcast. Leave us a review wherever you listen and let us know what you liked about this episode. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and be sure to follow us on all social media platforms for more disability-related content at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four, L-I-F-E. If you listen to this episode on your phone, take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram or Facebook stories and be sure to tag us. We thank you for listening and take care.